May your heart be your guiding key. This is a podcast about Kingdom Hearts. The rest of the story. God, we're over two game. hours. Uh, fuck you. It's the best one. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Recoded, which Woo! was initially a Jap- Japanese-only cell phone game. This is back when Japan had way better phones than we did. Right. Uh, so they could do fancier stuff with them. Well, um, I think it would have been kind of at the end of that era, right, though? I don't remember, but I think it was still pretty well before... Like, like, I think this would have been around when, like, the iPhone 1 was coming out. I don't know about that. Let me... Well, because I, I think Coded ended, like, the last chapter of Coded came out the same day Birth by Sleep <laughs> came out. All right, so, uh, okay, I don't want Recoded Wikipedia, I want Coded. So, Coded came out in 2008. iPhone came out in 2007. Okay, so, sort of right on the cutting edge of the first right on right on the cusp of the first iphone coming out yeah like if it had been a year later this might have come out in english yeah instead it came out three years later as just a cutscene collection well no they put out a ds game that was like a remake oh game. right yeah you're right recoded did come out as a ds game right because yeah. i played some of it um, how, how does it play because that's what i don't know it's weird um, cause for the most part, it kind of plays like a normal Kingdom Hearts game, um, okay. where like you're doing battles, though the viewpoint is slightly more isometric as opposed to behind the shoulder, like the combat normally is, okay. but like occasionally it'll just like shift into just a, a random mini game. Um, like I remember the one, of the, one of the ones that really frustrated me actually was the final boss of Alice in Wonderland, which was the same like sort of jester sort of boss that like right, had the ice yeah, and yeah. fire powers. Like blade feet, yeah. Yeah, so in in re in recoded that boss fight works like a shmup. Oh, okay. Uh and it's pretty hard actually. Huh. It, it took me a few times um, to beat it. Yeah, it, it just controls really awkwardly in places. And, like, there are some neat ideas, but I never finished it. Hmm. Um, okay, well. I think I got as far as, let's see. I think, uh, I want to say, actually, Agrabah is where I stopped playing it, maybe. Okay. So, I actually got decently far, because uh, after that, it's just two hollow bastions and then castle oblivion yeah but yeah i uh, at least i'm pretty sure i got to agarbaugh i either finished at wonderland or i finished it at agarbaugh because i can't remember anything about olympus coliseum so maybe i just ended at wonderland because i got too frustrated <laughs> sure um but yeah it was a weird experiment i i yeah. almost want to try it again to see if i gel better with it I like the story of it enough that I might try to play it for real. My issue with the story of it, and I and I mentioned this before, is that 
there's so much of it that I, at the beginning that I just do not care about. Especially if you're playing through the actual, like, video game. They spend a lot more time on the stories of the Disney games that, like, you spend a lot more time in the Disney worlds. Yeah, I, I can so see So there's just so it. much more, like, you know, chaff in that wheat. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that sinking it. Um, but on the other hand, like, like Chain of Memories does that, too. And honestly, by the end of Chain of Memories, I was barely even reading the Disney plots because they just don't matter. I think what made Chain of Memories different to me is that the stuff that happened in between was yeah. more interesting. Whereas, like, it takes a few worlds for that in-between stuff to, like, really start kicking into overdrive. Yeah, I, I don't remember totally how it how it's laid out. But yeah, I can I can buy that. Um, because I think like it, it, it like they don't because I think like where it really starts getting wild and interesting is where uh, eventually they get trapped inside the data world. Right, because and, Sora and, like and I something don't... bad is happening, and Sora's like, "I'll come help you." It's like, "No, you're in a computer, dummy." And then the data sword just comes through the door, and it's like, "Excuse me." Yeah, and I want to say that doesn't happen until, like, at least after Olympus Coliseum or Agrabah, which is nearly halfway through the game. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, that's when it does get, like, really fascinating. Um, also, Data Sora... Whew, the way Mickey treats Data Sora <laughs> is real uh, yeah. problematic. They do just, oh boy, this data world, based on a simulation of Kingdom Hearts 1, needs help. I know, let's take the data Sora and just give him sentience. We'll kill him later, it's fine. Yeah, because like, they don't really treat him like a real person until maybe the very end, and even then, like they even still kind of treat him as just like a thing that they can use. Like the, the, A big climactic moment of that game is when Data Sora develops a heart of his own, independent from real Sora. As like, oh wow, you've become your own person. Yeah, which by anyway, the way, now that... that we've completed the journal, all this is being erased, and we're effectively killing you. Bye. Yeah, bu- yeah, by the way, that makes now three methods where you can create a new person so you've got yeah. nobody's replicas and yep. data yep uh-huh <laughs> i also love that because of this game because okay mickey's crazy digitization machine that he puts the journal into is he got that from ansem right that's like some ansem technology yeah that's because all, that's what because that of the tron world that's in right that's what i'm getting at kingdom hearts 2 the most significant Disney world in the plot of Kingdom Hearts is Tron. Yeah, because like, because uh, uh, the Tron world in Kingdom Hearts Two, I believe, is implied to be a data recreation of the Tron world that fell to darkness and is a sleeping realm yes, in, in Dream Drop. Dream Drop yeah. Distance. Yeah, Ansem explored the worlds. He discovered, wow, this world, which. We never see. It must be a world based on the outside world of Tron. Has created another world out of data. I'm going to copy this computer and build my own replica of it to make my own data world. And then, like, Mickey uses that to make a data world based on Kingdom Hearts 1. Cause, <laughs> it's wild. Because Mickey has never found a bad idea that he doesn't love. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, like, there's some, uh, <laughs> like, I know what your argument is about this game, and I can kind of see it in that, like, yeah, it does directly address the fact that Sora is, if not responsible, directly connected to all these people that have been suffering either because of or for him right like the story of kingdom hearts we have learned over the course of like two and three five eight and birth by sleep is that people keep suffering in service of sora and like especially with Shion and roxas those people got like sacrificed for sora and it is very much like okay here's the story of kingdom hearts but it's being corrupted because it is collapsing under its own weight because this narrative where Sora is this innocent good boy hero who just saves the day isn't really true. There's all of this pain and suffering underneath of it that needs to be addressed and solved because otherwise you're just using the suffering of other people to hold this one person up. Yeah. And like, that's a compelling argument, but the reason why it doesn't particularly work for me is that the way they do it feels like a cop-out. Because as much as the mm. game, like, sort of will tell you in the text that Data Sora is just as real as, you know, original OG Sora. Yeah. The game doesn't really believe that. I agree with you that that is the problem with the story. Because, like, no one really treats him like that at the end. Um, and the information he gets like the things he does there don't really transfer over to the original Sora like sure Mickey sends him a letter explaining which man can you imagine getting that letter right so anyway hey hey Sora how's it going I made a data copy of you that has a heart (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's the part where the game stumbles, is that it doesn't... It wants to make this point about how Data Sora can be his own person, but then that muddies the idea of confronting Sora with all of this pain and suffering that's, like, in the undercurrent of Kingdom Hearts. I I definitely agree with you that's a problem with it. It works for me in spite of that, but I can see where that would be a roadblock to to getting into it. Yeah, I I just feel like it's, it's a whole... It's a whole lot of effort to give. It's a whole lot of effort to achieve not really much in the grand scheme of things because, sure, like the thank nominee stuff, like that shows up in Kingdom of Hearts three, but the emotions related to that do not transfer over, right, to Kingdom Hearts three, because Sora doesn't act any different. Like sure. he, he's yeah, yeah. not, he's not changed by these revelations. Like he's the, there is no character development that happens because of the events of Recoded. Yeah, I guess the, the reason that I'm willing to let that go is that this is taking Sora and like examining him as a person. And it's true. He doesn't go through these things and actually have the growth that we see across this, but it shows you the like character of his heart in a way that like even though he didn't actually go through this stuff 
we understand that these are the ways in which he would react and, you know, respond to this information. And it deepens our understanding of him, even if it doesn't advance his, like, development as a character. Yeah, I I just think that, like, if they weren't going to do anything else with Data Sora beyond this game, then just make it normal Sora. I do like, agree don't with even you. bring Data Sora yeah. into it, because the way that they do bring Data Sora into it... Just make the just makes the game feel a lot more icky to me based on how they treat him. Yeah, the way that they just kill him at the end, and they don't say that's what they're doing, but it's what they do. Yeah, I mean, he just I, gets I, annihilated I from existence, basically. <laughs> well, okay, so I don't, I actually don't think that's exactly true because I think basically, Datasora is the journal. Like that, the whole story is all one thing, and it's like the heart of that journal still lives. Like. I can so, so he just goes into perpetual sleep mode. Is Kinda, that better? Yeah. I well, he's he's a character in a book, so I don't know if it works the same way. Like, is he asleep or is he just reliving the events of Kingdom Hearts on a? Loop, is the you know? Winnie Pooh world? Is the Winnie the Pooh world a data world? Yes, absolutely, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's a data scape. Oh God. So, so does game, that mean that there is a real Winnie the Pooh world somewhere out there? No, or, I think or did or is or is Winnie the Pooh's world more like a mist book where there was never a real Winnie the Pooh world? It is a world created by someone that gained its own life. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think the idea that this game is putting forward is that if you write a story. And there's enough emotion invested in that story, it takes on a kind of life of its own. Oh, man. And the quest, the question at the core of Recoded is, is the story of Kingdom Hearts going to fall to darkness? Or is the inherent goodness of Sora going to let it become a story of light? Oh, God, I'm suddenly starting to like Recoded. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it's the best story, Dustin. <laughs> I, I'm still, I still don't think it's the best story, but I... I would be amenable to putting it above 358 over two days. Yeah, yeah! Join me, brother! <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, to me, like, the like if I'm thinking about the best story in Kingdom Hearts, it's kind of neck and neck between this and Chain of Memories. Man. <laughs> uh, mine are probably... Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> I would say those two, like, it's a tie, like, if, if Coded and Me Chain of Memories are more or less tied for first, those two are tied for second. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about, God, what's next? Is it it's Dream, Dream Drop. Drop Distance? Yeah. The worst story. <laughs> I wouldn't call it the worst story. Oh, I just think it's a bunch of nonsense, even by Kingdom Hearts standards. There is stuff I like about it. I though maybe I'm biased because I just like I love how much it does for Riku's character. Um, what do you mean? Like, it, tell me what you mean by that. Because we get a more new, because we get more time with Riku in this game. Because like previously, like sort of the most we got with sort of reformed Riku is his appearance at the end of Kingdom Hearts Two. Sure. Um, which yeah, was yeah. nice, but like it was sort of it wasn't very full featured. Whereas in Kingdom Hearts two, sorry, birth. Oh God, I'm getting all these titles confused. <laughs> Dream Drop Distance, like we get a sense of what 
a Riku who is not a child anymore is like. And while Sora largely stays the same throughout the games, right. like, Riku in Green Drop Distance is very different from Riku in Kingdom, Heart, Kingdom Hearts 1, and still fairly different from Riku in Chain of Memories. Like, he's mm-hmm. more self-confident. Like, yeah. he's... He jokes around with people. He's... Like, he's more Sora-esque, but also he still has a seriousness about him that Sora doesn't, and he still has a skepticism that Sora doesn't. Um, yeah. And also, and I actually wrote an article about this. Oh, nice. Uh, I love I love how the gameplay, how the, specifically how the Dream Eater gameplay for Riku and Sora exemplify what their characters are. Because with Sora the way he uses his dream eaters um, is that he teams up with them. Like he combines his power with theirs to like, to make them both strong. Whereas Riku sort of like this, the dream eaters give Riku their power to make him strong. And it's like almost a perfect mirror of what Riku and Sora's relationship is. Because yeah, like Sora, Sora is a person who leans on Riku, like by his own admission. Right. Um, yeah. And, th- and this is the game where he makes that admission. He's like, "My friends are my power." Yeah, and like that's borne out by how he uses his spirits. Like that's a good point. He teams up with them, um, almost like he's acknowledging that the spirits are as powerful and more powerful than he is. And it's like, well. So he he leans on them to make his battles easier. Whereas Riku gains strength from his friend's belief in him. Like he gains right. strength from the the uh the trust that Sora places in him and he draws from that strength to become strong to protect Sora. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I like uh, that. And and I just love how like baked into that whole like combat design that relationship is and like also is constantly bears out in the story. Um and also just I love that again that again like Riku gets so much more time to interact with people and to show how much he has changed and matured since Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. Yeah, okay, I can buy into that. I like, got like a it, little... it really makes him into a, like, true protagonist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I got a little, um... Bored's the wrong word, but it just felt like Riku had kind of hit his moment, like, he'd completed his character arc in Chain of Memories, right? And he had reached this point of maturity... And Dream Drop Distance just kind of felt like he didn't really have any more room to grow. He 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 kind of solved, he kind of worked out his shit, and he's just going to kind of be around now. But I, I can take your point that, like, yeah, that's kind of nice to be able to see what a Riku who has his shit together looks like. Yeah, and also, like, I think there is still some stuff in there that Riku has character growth from. Because even in Dream Drop Distance... Like, he's still feeling not necessarily... He still sort of feels like he doesn't necessarily 
deserve the redemption and that Sora is still just more inherently like a better person and more worthy of being a hero than he is. Yeah, that's kind of like why they're doing the test in the first place, right? Because Sora is whining like, oh, come on, I've killed a whole ship made out of meat. I don't need to take a test. Yeah. Riku's like, eh, I did turn into an evil man once. I should probably take a test. Yeah, so like, despite all his growth, Riku still has self-doubt about him because he's seen himself fail multiple times and Sora always seems to have his shit together. Yeah, Um, which, oh man, we we need to backtrack a little bit because we totally skipped the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is the best Riku story, Riku Sora stuff. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) We're like, they kill Xemnas and like they're wounded and kind of propping each other up to walk and Riku just like, you know, I used to always think you were better at stuff than me. Or I I was better at stuff than you. And Sora's just like, yeah, it's because you were, man. You are better (laughs) than me. And they just like sit down on the beach and like, it's hopeless. They have no way of getting back and they're just like, you know what? That's that's okay. We can just sit on this beach and die because we're together, and that's nice. I, I love it so much. Yeah, that that honestly, the, that whole ending sequence of Kingdom Hearts two, like in the world that ever was, is just pretty radical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. E- even from just like a fight scene perspective, because you're cutting through skyscrapers, you're oh yeah fighting a giant dragon for some reason who knows so i, I didn't <laughs> know why either it. and someone someone pointed out there is an explanation for the dragon in the mulan world they talk about how like the organization showed up and turned one of their dragons into a heartless and that's the boss you fight in mulan world oh shit and they took they took the dragons nobody with them oh, and that's what it is oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> yeah it rules <laughs> that's the coolest thing <laughs> Oh, the organization is good, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I came away from Kingdom Hearts 2 thinking, wait a second, is Xemnas the good guy, actually? (laughs) It took me some thinking through to figure out if he wasn't actually the good guy. Uh, But yeah, no, you're right. Like, that is a really good character moment at the end there. I do really like that. And uh, again, I, I also like how... I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's in the final part of Dream Drop Distance where, like, you get that real real cool sequence where Riku and Sora are going through the world together and, like, you have the, uh, the commands um, where they form a sort of dual interlocking keyblade. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. And, that and they kind of do that again in 3. Also radical and... By the way, there was an official wedding ring made oh based God. on that design. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. I, I, by like chain of memories, I got why people shipped Sora and Riku. It's like, yeah, sure, I understand. By the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, I was like, this is just like text. This is not you reading into it. They're just boyfriends. Yeah, like, no, they're, it's... they're not, though, but I don't. I don't think the people writing this game understand that they've written two boyfriends. Yeah, I, I'm i not convinced that they think that either. But also, like, even if it, even if they sort of didn't intend that, I'm right. still kind of... It's still kind of nice that they did clearly intentionally make a friendship that is as emotionally vulnerable as the one between Riku and Sora. Because, like, even yeah. if they did just intend it to be, like, a friendship, it's still pretty rare to see a friendship between male characters that works like that. Right. I'm just saying, Kingdom Hearts 2 should have ended with them kissing. 
Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna disagree with like, you there. They should have gotten back to the Destiny Islands, like, run through the water, splashing through it, they're all laughing, like, and then they just kind of look at each other and kiss, and then credits. I mean, I know? still personally think that it's a polycule, but... <laughs> so, I, I can get behind that reading of it, other than the fact that Kyrie isn't a character, so I'm not emotionally invested in her relationships. Yeah, they do lean pretty... What's interesting is, like, they... For a while there, they sort of... Uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1, they lean really strongly on, like, uh, Sora being pretty clearly attracted to Kyrie, Right. Um, and then they sort of don't do that for a while and focus on Riku and Sora's relationship. Well, it, and then, like, in, Kingdom right and then in Kingdom Hearts 3, they, again, yeah. focus real hard on his relationship with Kyrie like, again. Like, probably because he hasn't has showed up for a while. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2 has a scene... Where Sora and Kyrie finally reunite for the first time in over a year. You know, since the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1, this is the first time they're truly together. Yeah. And he gives her, like, this awkward hug, like he doesn't really know what to do. And he's kind of, uh, hi, hi, Kyrie, I, I missed you. And then he sees Riku, runs away from Kyrie, collapses to his knees, sobbing and clutching Riku's hand. Like, if you're gonna ask me which of those characters he's in love with, it's Riku. To be fair, he knew Kyrie was alive. He wasn't so sure about Riku. Yeah, even so, though. Yeah, no, I I get it. Uh, I I personally, my reading of it is again still that they're Polly. Um, yeah, I, I can buy into that also. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. Uh, again, I just really appreciate that. You know, regardless of what their intentions were, it's right. cool that they did make a relationship between male, male characters that that was that intimate and vulnerable. Even if it was yeah, just I supposed agree. to be a friendship, that's still pretty rare to see. For sure. Um, um, yeah. But, like, going back to Dream Drop Distance, just all the stuff. Listen, you know me. I like time you travel. Liked, I yeah, like, I'm actually shocked that I like this time travel bullshit more than you do. <laughs> I like sussing out the ways that complicated time travel plots work. I love Primer. I love Looper. I love Homestuck. This is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. It's dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't see what's so hard about it. I mean, like, you just you just remove your heart from your body and then you can just travel into a body you had in the future or the past. Well, but that's not what he does. Because you see, like, Zay, like, Ansem Nort in his, like, brown cloak from before they came up with the black cloaks. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he's, like, talking to young back Zaynor. Back when they realized that... Black was way cooler looking. Yeah, uh, I will say, okay, the black coats are cool. I'm very tired of them. Yeah, too like, many people team, have them. This team is really good at costume design and stuff, and it's kind of a bummer that they lean on the black coats as hard as they do. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually kind of disappointed when Lee stayed in the black cloak for King of yeah, Hearts 3. He changes at the very end. Yeah, it shouldn't have taken that long, though. He should have just ditched it immediately. Yeah. I, um, I agree completely. Yeah, they're they're they definitely lean on it too much, and like I kind of hope there's a lot less of. Listen, most of the people that wore those coats are dead now. Yeah, I hope that like the master of masters or have become or have become them. good guys, so they don't wear right, them anymore. Exactly. Yeah, 
But yeah, I, I understand it after reading some wiki pages and listening to Got It Memorized. Like, I get the logic of it, but it's very convoluted to no real end. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, it, it definitely does add more complexity than is honestly needed. Especially um, when you work in the, like, dream stuff on top of it. Yeah, where they I... Had to, they had to go back in time to the Destiny Islands before they got destroyed, because the moment when they got destroyed gives them an opportunity to get into the Sleeping World. So yeah. Like, what? Honestly, I, I kind of wish that instead of doing the Sleeping Worlds, they had just been like, hey, there's this, like, sort of, sort of middle area between... Uh, the realm of darkness and the realm of light where worlds that were lost go to recover. Yeah. Almost like a world purgatory. Yeah. And like, we need to go there so that way you can unlock the power of waking because it's too dangerous for you to go fully into the dark realm. But it is probably safe enough now that you're decent with the Keyblade for you to enter into like sort of that interstitial realm. Right. Okay. Now, we're, we're kind of, you know, there's not that much to talk about with Dream Drop. We're going to be getting into three in a second. And you brought it up just now. Dustin. Yeah? Can you explain to me what the power of waking is without using any examples of how it gets used? Just uh, describe what the power is and does. Uh, the power of waking is meant to... I think recover hearts from a catatonic state. That's what the impression I got from dream drop where they don't call it the power of waking, but like I had the impression that the idea was, Hey, we don't know where Ventus is, but we know that he's in a weird heart coma and you guys are going to need a magic wake up power to like save him. Yeah. Cause essentially so what happens to Ventus also happens to Sora at the end of dream drop because right. the only way that Xehanort will be able to nort him is if yes. they essentially put his heart in a coma so that he, he doesn't, he can't resist the darkness anymore. But then for some reason they make a weird point, like Yensid makes a weird point of saying, no, 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 what's happening to Sora is completely different. It just looks exactly the same. and has all the Yeah, I don't know things. why they do that, because like... It's clearly the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's 100% the same thing. Like, they even put him in a chair the same way that Ventus gets put in a chair. Gets put in a chair. Yeah. I don't... Okay, so... We do see but the... Mickey cast Stopza, and that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, yeah. Oh, that young Xehanort fight sucks, though. Like, I love oh, it on yeah. paper. Like, the, the idea behind the fight is so cool, where he just keeps summoning time clones. The second phase of it is the worst, because you're it's on a time so limit. It's so annoying to actually if, play. Yeah, because, like, it, the time limit on it is so, like, the margin is, for error is so razor thin, that, yeah. like, the first time I played that fight, I was so angry, because, like, I kept having to repeat the same thing over and over, and I kept on dying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because where where that description of the power of waking gets muddled for me though is in Kingdom Hearts three, Sora wants to go to the world of darkness to help save Aqua, and they keep telling him, "No, no, no, you can't go there without the power of waking." What? Why? Why? Yeah, because like her heart's not in a coma; she's just he's, like he's lost been there before, guys. Yeah, is the idea that like they're having to kind of lose themselves to darkness to go there and have to 
use the power of waking on themselves to get back out of it? I don't... I don't, I don't think so, but... Because, like, like, that's not Riku... That's not what Riku does when he, like... Because they state that Riku uses the power of waking on Sora to bring him back. Right. And he doesn't have to use it on himself. Like, he just, like, goes into Sora's dream and then uses the power of waking in Sora's heart, essentially. The world that Sora's heart has created. Right. And also, why does... Okay, I can buy that, like, if you really, really, like, abuse the power of waking... You can bring someone back from the dead, which Sora does a whole bunch at the end of 3. Um, and that's what, like, kills him. Um, or whatever happens to him. Yeah, we don't but, know what goes on with Sora. But why does it rewind time? Yeah, I, I think... I almost wonder if, if, if that might just be an effect of the end of the world. Like, the place that Sora goes to. Maybe? Because uh, it's implied that that place kind of exists outside of time. Sure. Yeah, I guess. So maybe, like, that was sort of, like, Chirithi's gift to Sora? Maybe. Because Chirithi yeah. manipulates things there as well in Sora's favor. So I think right. maybe the reason he's able to go back to right before everything went totally bad is because Chirithi allows him to through the sort of fourth dimensional space that is end of ta- end of the world or whatever that place is called. So, I think it's so you're saying Sora brings everyone back to life, but he gets to like bring them back at a different time than when they died. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I guess. Not explained in the game at all. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, my best guess is that, like, he he frees the hearts. The, right. the hearts go back to just before, like, the moment when the deaths happened. Then Sora uses the final world to go back to just before he and Riku were consumed. Um, okay. But yeah. then then my question is, because, like, where he goes back is, like, where a bunch of people fell to darkness already. So, but, so he actually gets consumed by darkness again, but then Kyrie leads him out of it. Right, yeah, because he, like, wakes up at that point where Riku is, like, saving him. And then they all wake up at, like, the beginning of the Keyblade Graveyard. Like, oh, hey, we're all back. Cool. Let's go try again. And this yeah. time, Lingering Will will show up. So that's the Luke thing that doesn't find make that sense cutscene. to me. Because, yeah. like, oh, why well, would Why Lingering Will? Well, no, 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 not Lingering I mean, Lingering Will is a whole other thing. But what doesn't make sense yeah, to we'll me is, that. like, why after he collects all the hearts, meets Kyrie? And then Kyrie leads him out of darkness so he can go back to the real world. Why don't they just all start back in the Keyblade Graveyard? Why is there an extra scene where we see Riku and Sora falling to darkness, falling to the demon tide again? Because they really, really want to uh, try and make you think that Kyrie matters. <laughs> Even though they don't give her anything to do. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's the part think, that doesn't no, make okay. sense to me. But that, that's my cynical answer. I think if I'm trying to justify it, they're showing Sora is how everyone else comes back, but Kyrie is how Sora comes back because she's a princess of heart and uh, 
she uh like has magic friendship powers like that's how they get back at the end of two that's how like Sora becomes unheartless at the end yeah. of one but then why did he do that whole thing in the final world in order to reconstitute himself if, because if it was he Kyrie. still he still he still died Kyrie oh was, like, I see so lo- so he needs to be responsible for recreating his own body and then right it's like, like Kyrie could throw Kyrie him a lifeline but back. he still had to like Kyrie throws him a rope, but he still has to do the work of climbing the rope. Okay, all right, I can see that. That whole section is just like really, even for me, it's some convoluted. The, the, it's a convoluted mess. The whole end of Kingdom Hearts three is just Calvin Ball. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess before we get to three, we fragmentary should touch passage. On... Oh, I, I was gonna say key, but no, you're right. We got to talk fragmentary passage. Yeah, fragmentary. I I like fragmentary passage a lot. Um, yeah, I do too. Because you get to play as Aqua some more, and I right, will take every cool. chance I get to play as Aqua. And I kind of understand what you were saying about like the weirdness of being able to play dress up with the only female character in the game that you get yeah, to play I liked, as. I like the dress up mechanics. It's just, but hmm. also I did like putting cat ears on her. <laughs> I like putting cat ears on her too. It just there's a part of me that's like, huh, the one game where the only playable character is female, and that's. When you decide to introduce a dress-up mechanic, yeah, and you know. take it away when I play as Sora again, huh? Hmm. I, I think hmm. it was just a coincidence, really, because they were moving sure. to the Unreal Engine, and there's a lot of st- more stuff you could do with the Unreal Engine than you could with the other Kingdom Hearts engines. Like, you can, like, you can easily snap on, like, cosmetic pieces in the Unreal right. Engine a lot more easily than you can with the original cage engine or whatever the hell they were using for that. Right, so yeah. I think it was just like them experimenting with like what they could do sure. with that engine. Yeah. And I think it was just I, I an unfortunate think, coincidence. Yeah. I, I don't think it's some horrible mortal sin that they committed. It's just, it makes me take a second and be like, hmm, eh, hmm. all right, well, yeah. I do I, like putting cat ears on my characters. So fine. Yeah. But I'm watching you. <laughs> I, I do wish they had brought that back for Kingdom Hearts 3, but also it seems like there was so much they were already trying to ram into Kingdom Hearts 3 that they probably yeah. just didn't include it because they were like, shit, man, we got so much so much other stuff to do. Yeah, um, that, that's fair. And maybe they, they don't get to everything they need to do. Yeah, and, and, maybe, and maybe they just decide, like, you know, it was cool for fragmentary passes, but also it just wasn't worth it for Kingdom Hearts 3. Because, again, yeah. like, Fragmentary Passions is clearly them experimenting, like, well, what can we do with this engine? Sure. Um, it turns out, making Kingdom Hearts look ludicrously better. It looks very good. It's so weird. It, it is such a t- bizarre step up. Like, e- e- when I started yeah. playing Fragmentary Passage, I was like, I'm going to need a second to adjust. <laughs> because, like, with the, like... Uh, HD collections and everything, every Kingdom Hearts game up until 0.2 pretty much looks the same. Like, it's the same yeah. character models for all the games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's this huge jump up in quality. Yeah, and like, uh, and like, even with the Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, which looks pretty good, Yeah, like, all the characters, like, uh, have an almost sort of play-doh-esque quality to how they animate it's a more right. cartoony way yeah. uh even in the more high-def versions like seeing lips animate more realistically is just very strange yeah i do think it's not like they didn't universally nail it like 
Yen Sid still stands out to me. He looks <laughs> yeah, yeah Yen Sid still looks like they just straight up up res the cage to model. It, it looks like they have the same yeah same like animations that they just slapped onto. He uh, looks like a plastic man. <laughs> yeah, and like it, not in zero point two so much, but in like Cage Three, there's some character animations that are like low frame rate in a weird way. Yeah, like like in the Rapunzel world, if you watch Rapunzel. Her, like, attack animations are at, like, 12 frames a second. Uh, I never even noticed. Yeah, it's it's not, like, a huge thing. It was just, like, weird. Uh, but yeah, I I kind of like, e- even though Fragmentary Passage doesn't add a whole lot, really, yeah. like, I mean, we find out, again, the what happened to Mickey's shirt, which is crucial knowledge. <laughs> That's the most important thing. But but mostly I just like it as a way to spend more time with Aqua to sort of see what she was going through. And yeah. I think even though that doesn't have a sort of material effect on how the narrative goes, I, I think it does provide some valuable, like, emotional, like... Because, like, it provides an emotional need to fans of the series because like we want to know yeah. what's going on with aqua like we want to know what she went through um yeah, and, yeah, I, I, and I, I think if kingdom hearts 3 had followed up on that properly it would have been like a really perfect lead-in <sighs> okay but... now to be fair the scene where aqua gets out of the world of darkness is a pretty powerful scene yeah i just wish they had led up to it better i'll get into that what i wish they had done but yeah we, we, listen everything everything other than that scene with aqua is weird and yeah i i do really like how through aqua we get a much better sense of what the realm of darkness is yeah um because it's really the only time that we spend a whole lot of time in there uh give me one second yeah yeah you're good i'm uh, not yet okay i will um yeah because it's the only time we spend a whole lot of time there and we also get to see what it what worlds that have fallen to darkness look like yeah yeah i almost i would have loved to see or you know in the future see like more of those like twisted broken landscapes they're cool yeah and like they do some pretty neat puzzle mechanics like you've got the uh you've got the thing where you have to rewind time to recreate the bridge you've got the mirror stuff yeah um they, well, have you seen the stuff from, like, um, Birth by Sleep Final Mix? Um, what stuff? So, like, the se- they added a secret ending for, for the Final Mix version on, like, 2.5, where you have a whole playable section that is, like, a precursor to 0.2, where it's, like, Aqua wandering through the world of darkness, but, like, not in, like, a swallowed-up world. It's just world of darkness stuff. Oh. I'm... And, like, there's a whole, there's, like, a whole boss fight you do, and, like, you beat the boss fight... And she, like, climbs a hill and just sees the, like, Cinderella castle. And it's, like, a huge, like, bum bum moment where it's, like, oh, shit, what's that doing here? Yeah, I don't... I thought I unlocked that, but maybe I didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I really like what point two adds, even though it's, you know, technically inconsequential. Like, yeah, it's still it's, it's, cool to yeah. see. Um, it's a little slight, but I, I like it just fine. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, it, it, it was a pretty like cool way to experience like sort of what kingdom hearts 3 was going to be yeah it's it's kingdom hearts 3 ground zeros yeah exactly yeah um but like without all the problematic stuff well sure yes uh Uh, i almost wish eh, i don't i don't know how you'd handle this because if i 
I had played 0.2 already. When 3 came out, I wouldn't want to play it again. But part of me wishes it was part of Kingdom Hearts 3 and not its own thing, you know? Maybe. Like, like if you open up Kingdom Hearts 3, hit new game, and you're playing as Aqua. And then it just leads into Kingdom Hearts 3 from there. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It also make it also make the two point nine joke even funnier. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good joke. It's a really good joke. Uh, Do you want to talk, talk about a- three first or key first? We should talk about key first, probably. Yeah, because there is a pretty radical scene that happens that is just straight up a reference to Union Cross. Yeah, you need to know something, especially for the ending of three. You need to be familiar with the mobile game yeah because they're bastards yeah so like i this is maybe the game i most agree with you on yeah because i love what key and union cross do i'm sorry key unchained key and union cross do for the story i love what they add i love what they go for but man, is Union Cross an absolutely horrendous game, even by gotcha standards. I hate it so much. I I hate it more for having a good story. <laughs> you you wish that you could a... just write it off entirely. Exactly, but there's something good in there, and that makes it all the more infuriating. Yeah. Because I love the idea of the union leaders. I love sort of the dy- the dynamic with Master of Masters and how enigmatic he is. Uh, I love yeah. sort of like the concept of like Lushu, like the how the union leaders fall is handled like really really well. The dandelions are all are all like really neat characters. Yeah, the mysteries they do are actually all fascinating. Um, having Ventus just show up is one of the biggest yeah. what-the-fuck moments in the whole yeah. series. Ventus appearing is one of the coolest twists I've ever seen. It's so good! Um, Strelitzia dying is, like, one of the most, like... like it, it's interesting, for how little time you actually see spend with Strelitzia, like, her yeah. death is actually, like, really sad to me. Uh-huh. Um, and it, 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 the main thing with Strelitzia that hit me was that it's, it's not funny, but it's similar to the goofy death in that this feels like a weirdly realistic kind of violence that you don't see in these games. Like she just gets murked. Yeah. And like, unlike, unlike with the goofy death, like someone assassinates her right? and like, she just actually just straight up dies. Um, and you don't even know that it happened. Right. Which you were saying, you're pretty confident that Brain is the person who killed her. Yeah, I I think Brain is the is the imposter. So, I if I'm running through it... Because I, cause I super do not think it was um, uh, Marluxia, or whatever his name was back in the day. Uh, I always want to call him Laramie, but it's Lorium. <laughs> Lorium. I, I don't think it was Lorium. Because... If he's telling the truth about it being his sister, then that would make no sense. He yeah, wouldn't it would sister. It's definitely not Scold. Because... It doesn't seem like it could be Scold or Ephemer. Yeah, no. That means the two suspects are, are Brain and, and Ventus. Ventus. 
And now, to be fair, there is an interesting idea that it could be Ventus because that's before yeah. he got split from Vanitas. Right. Here's the thing. How did, like, Ventus was an apprentice to Xehanort, uh, and he got all the darkness taken out of him, and all the darkness in Ventus's heart is really powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful that Vanitas creates actual creatures of darkness from his, just from his, ra- like, darkness radiating yeah. radiate out of like, him. Vanitas by himself threatens, like, a dozen worlds on his own. So, like, there was a dark side to Ventus at one point. Yeah. I, I don't think he's the traitor, but I could see the line of logic that would lead to him being the traitor. Yeah, there there is a part of me that kind of hope, that almost hopes I'm wrong about Brain, because that then, if I'm wrong about Brain, then it would have to be Ventus, and that would be fascinating. <laughs> The I, the other possibility is that Lorium is lying and is making a big production of looking for his sister to, like, throw suspicion off of himself. Yeah, which, I don't know, I, I don't think that's true, just because yeah. of how tragic the other members of the organization are, so I think they're gonna play Marluxia straight. That seems likely to and, me. And it's just that, like... Marluxia and Larxene haven't gotten their memories back, so they don't know right. what happened to them and the people they've lost. Yeah. Well, and, and Marluxia kind of gets them back as he's dying, doesn't he? I th- I think so, possibly. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if Larxene does. I think she might have a idea. If she does, she's way more angry about the fact that she's dying than upset about her memories. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love Larxene. <laughs> Larxene's very good. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of... I even really like how they do the Chirithes. Yeah, I the Chirithes are so deadpan. The scene yeah. Yeah, where wh- just two... We're two... two... <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, where one Chirithy sees the other die, and, like, one of them's like, oh, did... did uh, one of them's like, oh, did your... I was like, "Hey, my 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 master died. My my keyblade yeah. person died." And he's the other was like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, "Am, am I gonna fall to darkness?" Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then he just fades and away. Then he just fades away. <laughs> yeah, they're like the this is fine dog. <laughs> yeah, and it like, and it's kind of perfect because like it just it makes the Chirithi's existence as tragic because like they clearly. Because they're sort of, they are made to be disposable. Right. Like, even though, like, they also can clearly develop emotions and, you know, probably hearts. Because the right. charity well, that atta- that's attached to you, the player character, clearly, like, starts acting with their own motivations. Yeah, and, like, there's a whole thing, because I've watched the cutscenes from the original key that haven't made it into uh, uh, Union Cross yet. the actual Keyblade War. The most, the biggest event in the timeline. Though maybe not the Keyblade War referencing Kingdom Hearts 1. (laughs) A Keyblade War. A Keyblade War. But not the one that we know from Kingdom Hearts 1 that is hinted at. Or maybe it is, it's hard to say. Yeah. But, like, there's a whole thing where there's, like, a dark Chirithi who's doing shit, and you find out, oh, I'm, like, 
I, I'm your Chirithi. I'm the darkness inside you because you've been collecting... You thought you were just collecting light, but actually you've also been collecting darkness. And I'm all that darkness, and now I'm going to make the Keyblade War. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, the plot of that game <laughs> is... We have a magic book that tells the future, and uh, it says everything's going to die, but... Our solution to fix that, we're going to create a datascape based on this book to time to effectively time travel into the future to mine the light of the future to make the past brighter so yeah. we can stave off the end of the world. Yeah, they're essentially just like being light vampires. Yeah, like that game's story is batshit. Yeah, and and then the implication of Kingdom Hearts Union X is that it is a direct sequel. Of key that is just a data representation of the events of key because like right. you all yeah. you all like escape there after the kingdom heart like you like the survivors of the keyblade war were sent into that data version into union yeah. cross to basically so recover so they can relive the events of the past, but avoid the Keyblade War, and in doing so, like, save their souls or something. Yeah, yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and then at some point, we know from the secret reports in Kingdom Hearts 3 that the Dandelions then leave that world to go to the world of KH1. Yeah, and it, I guess the part that's not clear, like, do is that a is it a third world, or are they going back to the real world? Yeah, that the so Keyblade war happened. Yeah, in? so I personally think that it is a different that it's a different one. Okay, yeah, that would make sense because, like, you see, like the city that Xehanort and Ericus grew up in, or whatever, looks kind of like Daybreak Town, but it's not called that, and it's not a perfect. Yeah, because here's the thing, like, world hopping isn't time travel. Right. I don't think. So, like, it, and it would, and it would, having KH1 being a, be a, be a separate parallel universe makes the, uh, makes it make sense that in their world, the King, the Keyblade War happened a long time ago. But right. in the KH, but in the, uh, Key universe the Keyblade War, like, just happened a few years ago, long enough that, like, Ventus was still roughly the same age when it occurred. Yeah. Yeah, it's... the Every question I have about the timeline is so confusing right now because of Ventus. Ventus yeah. is a problem. Yeah, he is. He really is. Uh, because that implies... Well, because, like, the secret reports in 3 keep using the words, uh, world line. Yeah. Like timeline, but world line. Which definitely seems to imply, like, parallel universes. Yeah, because, like, uh, like, totally different franchise, but Steinsgate also calls it a world line, where it's a parallel yeah. timeline. So you're not directly traveling through time, you're traveling to a different, like, alternate reality. Yeah. But, oh, God. And I hate that... Odds are, these questions are all going to be answered in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross instead of in a real game. That's Eventually, maybe. Right, in a 2025. Yeah, when they decide not to... When they decide they've milked enough money from their fans. 
I, I, so I'm a few, I think there's like two updates on the Japanese version that I haven't read about yet, but I saw a little bit of one. Yeah, so. It sounds like, like Wreck-It Ralph World just became a thing. Yeah, here, let me read it to you because someone posted it in the Kingdom Hearts thread on the forums. Okay. Let me bring that okay. up real quick because it's fucking wild. <laughs> okay, so, um, this is Neria from the Penny Arcade forum saying, so Everglow translated the latest set of KHUX events and, uh. So Brain looks a lot better. So he says Brain looks a lot better here as he seems to have figured out that KHUX takes place in a data world and that there has to be a way back to the real world. But there's also another future world connected to it that doesn't have a data counterpart. So so he sends the player character in Ephemer to go check it out. And then the story bit for the month just ends with you discovering a Wreck-It Ralph world. Whoa. So, <laughs> which but, would be a like if we're going by like the Tron rules, the Wreck-It Ralph world is a data world, right? Yeah, but it's a data world of a world that do, that that doesn't actually exist in the future that Xehanort sees. Right, unless they just haven't found it yet, because like Wreck-It Ralph is in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, and like and like when Xehanort loses in Kingdom Hearts three, like the. Uh, this the no name keyblade still is still exists like Zigbar just takes it right so like um it's implied that that world just shows up later <laughs> like after the events of Kingdom Hearts three yeah I guess so like that's I I'm not totally clear I always just assume that if a new world shows up in a Kingdom Hearts game it just oh we just hadn't been there yet yeah. you know and so Nuria... it's not like the frozen world came into being it's just that nah, we that's the first time we've come across yeah. it yeah so Nuria like states that this he thinks this makes uh, brain look better but right. in my opinion I think it soft confirms brain as the imposter because in the secret re- one of the secret reports in Kingdom Hearts 3 that's written by Lushu Lushu states that the imposter or he as he calls them the virus is the one who comes up with the plan to hop worlds a second time so if it's brain that does that that implies brain is the imposter the only reason i am like really hesitant to say it's brain is because brain is the obvious choice yeah He's this creepy dude in all black who we have no knowledge of before he shows up as one of the new union leaders and every new update just seems like it's really like, hey, how about he's the traitor? It just seems like it's the obvious move. Yeah, and we still don't know who the like darkness is. Oh, God, I forgot about that. That one character who just shows up to taunt Maleficent and be like, you <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> because when you play the Sleeping Beauty world in the mobile game, it turns out that's not the data version of Maleficent from the past. It's actually the real Maleficent who's time-traveled back in time to hop into the Book of Prophecy's prediction of the future of her world to try and rewrite history so she wins the Sleeping Beauty Yeah, but since it's a data world, she can't actually change anything. (laughs) Because it's just a book. Yeah. Which, that... Well, since when is that true? That was the whole worry about, uh, uh, Recoded, is that they were corrupting the book and the corruption was going to leak out into the real world. I mean, it could be that just the darkness is wrong. Villains have been wrong before. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in Kingdom Hearts is when, like, the way they retcon things, just like, 
Oh no, that guy's an yeah. idiot. He doesn't know what also, he's talking about. Also, darkness is specifically mentioned in Secret Report Twelve, where Lushu straight up writes, "Even on a world line with no Keyblade War, a piece is but a dream." In the absence of us and our master, a, and he puts this in quotes, "Darkness arrived, one that shall surely lead the world to yet another demise." Okay, okay. So he's talking about. Now here's the other part that throws me: Is Union Cross? A data world, because Ava says, I, you're all going to escape to the outside world. Which, yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I personally not entirely certain that that's a, a data world. My personal theory is that, because Lushu states world line with no Keyblade War. Which leads right. me to believe that they just went to a parallel universe that was yes. enough the same to their original one that it wouldn't strike suspicion in the survivors. Because the whole point is that no one other than the union leaders know that they that the Keyblade War happened. Right. Because because they're afraid that the survivors wouldn't be able to take it. Except that the player character is having dreams about the days leading up to the key. Yeah, because his yeah, because the player character's Chirithi is intentionally not doing what they're supposed to do. Because the Chirithis right. are supposed to be like slowly like making sure that those memories are erased. So that way they just think they're still in the same world line. As they were yes. before. But that Chirithi isn't doing it. I'm just really confused by what Ava means when she says outside world. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Like, this, is, this is a fun kind of convoluted where there's so much weird shit and strange mysteries. Yeah. And I like, hate this... that it's bundled up in this bullshit little mobile game. Yeah, because the thing with this is, like, much like with what I loved about Deep Dive, is, like, there is clearly a point where this all makes total sense. I, that seems like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, we just don't have enough pieces to to do it yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, I love Union Cross's story for, for that very reason. Okay, uh, no, you know, so I just looked up, because I was trying to remember what the name of, like, the city you go to at the end of uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is. It's, it's, it's like, Sca- Scala Ad Selim. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. It's it's Latin for Stairway to Heaven. But in the opening shot of Kingdom Hearts 3, you kind of go under the water and you see buildings down there. And I guess I missed it, but the clock tower from Daybreak Town is sticking out upside down under the water. Oh, shit, there. really? Yeah. Okay, that would that would make sense for it to be a a, a, a parallel universe then, because right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's again still in the KH one world. That's where Xehanort and Ericus essentially grew up together. Right. So it's just an alternate universe version of Daybreak Town. Yes. That sounds so correct. my world line so my world line theory is most likely accurate. This... I, I, I think you've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Alright. The the real question is is whether or not KHUX represents a world line or a datascape. <laughs> that is the question. I mean isn't Lu- it? though Lushu does explicitly call it a world line, so 
Right. Yeah, and Lushu presumably has like a like better big picture perspective of things. Yeah. And we don't have a reason right now to think that he's like, wrong. He'd be lying in that report or anything. Yeah, especially like since like I mean before with the previous Ansem reports, those were made before you know I think anyone really knew what Kingdom Hearts two would be entirely. Right. Whereas like this all stuff was made con- like congruently. Well, like the Ansem reports are they feel more like diegetic yeah. than secret reports in later games where it's like there's characters that talk about reading the secret reports yeah you know yeah and that kind of has become less and less the case as time yeah gone. these are just like things you just pick up randomly that it's like yeah uh yeah so it, it seems more like especially given the context that kingdom hearts is now where you do have multiple projects being made and like like Nomura clearly is making these things as a big connective piece. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any reason to distrust Lushu's wording in these ones. Doesn't seem like it. They might eventually come out and say, like, aha, I fooled Lushu into believing we were in another world line when really, you know, but yeah. <laughs> until yeah. that happens, there's no reason to think that that's the case. Master of Masters shows up. Behold the power of my stand. God. Uh, uh, we should talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. We've we got should. one more to go. We yeah, can do it. This is so done. long. Jesus, <laughs> no yeah. No one's gonna listen to this. We're gonna be at four hours. <laughs> um, Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 2.9. <laughs> that, okay, that, that Hercules world is so fucking pointless. That Okay, I was gonna say, the Kingdom Hearts 2.9 title card is a funny joke. You could start after Kingdom Hearts 2.9 and lose nothing. Yeah, honestly, because what they should... Yeah. What they should have done, just cut out Olympus entirely. It doesn't matter. Put yep. put Fragmentary Passage in its yep. place. Do the 2.9 title card at the end of Fragmentary Passage. Boom. Yes. Hilarious. 100%. There's just no... Uh, or no, I'll get better than that even. Upgrade the joke. You turn on Kingdom Hearts 3. The title screen says Kingdom Hearts 2.9. <laughs> and then after you have a save file that's past the fragmentary passage stuff, it changes to Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, alright. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it's... Riku and Mickey go off to the World of Darkness. Sora goes to Hercules' world. Both parties fail at what they were trying to do, come back, set out again on the exact same missions. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a dumb, weird, false start. It is. And, like, a big part of my issue with kingdom hearts 3 is so much of the so much of the time is spent with sora doing absolutely nothing yep. like the the disney worlds are just there because that's what kingdom hearts has always done there is almost yeah, no the- purpose to them outside like toy story monsters inc and uh uh big hero 6 like those are the well, only that, what- three that kind of justify themselves i, I would say not even not even Monsters Inc. does, really. Like, it it plays into it where, like, Vanitas needs their scream power to get, like, back to full power. But they could have also written it so that he doesn't need that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I still, I, I mean, it, I still like the gag of Sully throwing Ventus into a door and throwing that door into another door. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really good. I like, <laughs> I like those moments. I'm just saying you could cut Monsters Inc. world out of it entirely Suggest yeah. that Ventus is lur- Vanitas is lurking around a different way and lose nothing. Yeah, true. Like the the only ones that feel like you need to keep them are 
Well, you absolutely need to keep Toy Story. Well, so here's the thing. I really love the Toy Story world. I think the problem with Kingdom Hearts 3 is that no one world justifies itself in the context of the bigger story. Because every world introduces a potential plot premise that then isn't dealt with at all because there's 20 other characters we need to give moments to. Yeah. So, like, Toy Story World sets up young Xehanort as the main antagonist. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. They're introducing this idea that... It also establishes Verum Rex. (laughs) It establishes Verum Rex... They suggest this idea that, like, oh, young Xehanort was never loved by anybody. Like, <laughs> In the, the sickest dumb... burn that anybody has ever said in a Kingdom Hearts game. It's amazing. Like at Delivered that point, by, by of... Woody. <laughs> it's so good. By the end of Toy Story World, what I thought the plot of the game was going to be was you were going to run into young Xehanort over and over again. And you were going to form a relationship. And, like, despite himself, young Xehanort was going to come to, like, befriend Sora and then that would create a time paradox that, like, wipes out Xehanort because now he never becomes evil. That would have been amazing. <laughs> right? That's what I thought they were going with. That, like, oh, Xehanort's problem is that he never had true friendship. Sora's the king of friendship, and he's going to destroy him with the power of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. And then you find out, like, oh, Marluxia and Larxene are back. And, oh, they're kind of talking about, like, doing another coup because they really don't want to get norted. Yeah, and it seems and like Zemna they remember up. more about their former selves. Right. And, like, Zemna shows up and is like, hey, we got you guys on board because we need Keyblade wielders. You need to learn to use your Keyblades. Then they never talk about their coup attempt again. They never get their yeah, Keyblades they, back they again. They have that whole That's conversation whole in that random desert with the pillars, and then the, that yeah. just never leads anywhere. Like, I thought that right. during the final battle in the Keyblade keyblade graveyard that like at some point in those battles larkseen and marluxia were gonna just turn coat and be like actually exactly. we fooled you we're on sora's right. side that doesn't happen no then you have in that in that same scene demix talks about how oh actually you know how i was kind of like a wimpy coward in two that was an act i'm actually this really intimidating scary figure nothing happens with that that was a pointless scene yeah because he just gets tur- like he gets to work in the plot like vexen gets him to help him but also, Vexen could have just stolen the replica body on his own. He didn't need... They could have just written it differently. Like, Demix yeah. isn't really necessary either. Yeah. Then you look at, like, what Marluxia and Larxene are doing, and they're, like, watching over potential new princesses of heart. Like, oh, yeah, because if you guys don't come through, we're going to get a new seven princesses, and that's going to be all thing. So you think, oh, okay, that's the plot, then. No. A new seven princesses. That never goes anywhere. We don't even see all seven of them. No, we, we, we see, like, three of them. Yeah, three, because there's... There's Elsa, there's um, Rapunzel, Rapunzel and, Anna. and Anna. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kyrie still is a princess. Yeah. And then I guess like like in a future game, probably Moana and Vanillope will be princesses. Yeah, I would imagine. And that's still one short. I don't know who the seventh would be. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what? Uh, Ariel, it's finally your time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who's uh, who's Kara Knightley's character in Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, maybe. Maybe yeah, her. I feel like she did. She's not, like, a pure uh, docile maiden True. in the way the Princess of Heart are supposed to be. I guess yeah. Penelope and Elsa aren't really either. Yeah, but, no. Yeah. Uh, I, so then, like, I, the one all thing those I, plots just go nowhere. The one thing I do like about Arendelle, uh, Elsa's world, e- even though yeah. it is just, like, largely completely worthless, uh, yeah. is just Larkseen dunking on Sora and being absolutely right. Because like Laura yeah, keeps, because Sora keeps trying to inject himself into like Elsa's problems, being like, "Oh, let's be friends. I know what you're going through." And Larsie's just like, "Hey, maybe back off, dude." 
right? I think my favorite Lark scene content in the game is when she's dunking on Demix. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. Like, they're having their secret conversation about overthrowing the organization, and then Demix is just there playing his dumb guitar, and he's like, Hey, you suck! I hate you, yeah. loser! Yeah, Larsie's just like, why are you here? <laughs> it's really good. Um, and then, like, Big Hero 6 World, and, like, it's that's close to the end, and it's kind of just teeing up to the end, so, like, yeah. that's fine. I can't remember, is, but, like, it, was that Data Riku or uh, Replicu that showed up there? That is Norded Riku. Oh, Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, KH1 Nord. Well, oh, okay. Because they, they bring in a lot of Rikus. <laughs> well, no, okay, so they think it's Norded Riku, but then during the fight in the Labyrinth, Riku and Repliku realize it's actually Repliku from when he was evil. Oh, okay, so it's not KH1 Norded Riku, it's brainwashed Repliku. It's it's Chain of Memories Repliku where he's like, it's not even brainwashed, it's when he's fighting Riku right. and he's like, you okay. need to accept darkness so you can be strong like me. Jesus, that's dumber than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why Replicu can knock him out of the body. I right, I, I just totally forgot about that. Right. There's... So it's just every world introduces a potentially interesting premise for a Kingdom Hearts game and then just throws it in the trash. Yeah. Because they just want to have all these big moments. And it's tough because I like all the big moments. They're good moments. Yeah. I laughed and like cheered and cried at this game a whole bunch. Yeah, I. But it doesn't I congeal into a good narrative. I lost my damn mind when the ephemer part happened. Yeah, that's a great moment. At the end when like Sora is fighting this huge horde of Heartless and he just sees ephemer in like a vision and then all the, like, dead Keyblades in the graveyard come to life, and you have to keep mashing Triangle, and every time you do, you get a username of a, a yeah, Union Yeah, you straight up player. do a Nier Automata on it. <laughs> it's it's Nier Automata! It's so good! Um, yeah. But also, it's not, like, built up to at all. Yeah, it's, no, it's not. It just happens. It, in isolation, it's a great moment, but it's not the payoff for something that came before. Yeah, yeah, same thing with, like, Aqua's... Saving Aqua, like I was really hoping that the way you would save Aqua is that you would play as Riku with Mickey as your teammate through like an entire level that was them just exploring the realm of darkness that was in Fragmentary Passage. And at the end of that, you would do a boss battle against Riku, uh, not against Aqua, and save her. But instead, like. There's just a cutscene. Well, you do do that, you just don't have a level. Like, you fight Aqua. Yeah, but I mean, you just do a cutscene, you fight yeah. the Demon Tower again, Riku fights Aqua, gets his ass handed to him, Sora suddenly shows up, <laughs> Yeah. and then boom, like, you just knock her around a bit and she's fine now. Like, I, I would have liked it if, like, you were in that world and, like, you constantly had Aqua sort of, like, taunting you and being like, why are you bothering? There's no point to this. Kind of like a, to call back to what, like, Aqua's own voice was doing in 0.2. Yeah, exactly. Like, just just make her, like, antagonistly, like, through the whole level, like, bully them and tell them, like, try and push them away to stop them from, like, going further. Just, like, make an actual effort. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I do like... I think I like that part of the game more than you do, just because one of the things that does work for me in like the narrative of KH3 is Sora's whole thing is that he has this like deep-seated desire to help people, and everyone keeps telling him, ah, no, you're not ready. You, you need to go 
go over there, do like Axel and Kyrie are doing, and just sit in the corner and practice, and maybe we'll let you someday. Yeah. And when shit gets done is when Sora says, no, people need help right now, and I'm going to help them whether or not you like it. And, like, that's what Aqua actually needed, was for someone to stop caring about doing things the right way and just, like, literally the scene is him reaching out a hand in the dark to grab her when she's falling. Yeah. And he's the only one who's just willing to do that. Yeah, I think there's still a way you can incorporate that and make it like oh, angry. a full fledged world. Yeah, I, I see I what you're saying. And done. Yeah. Also, they, just they because done a better job at it. also just because I would have liked to actually got gotten more time playing as Riku because like you literally I, I just totally get two boss from. battles. Yeah, I I agree completely. And, I just I, I think what they did is okay. Yeah, and it's especially a disappointing change after both Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. Yeah. What really frustrated me with Aqua, because I like the part where you rescue her, I like that boss battle, I like the scene where she, like, doesn't even understand that she's safe now, and, like, just starts crying when she does, like, that's all great. Yeah. But then... She does absolutely nothing afterwards. Oh, she does something, because you go to the land of departure to save Ventus. Yeah. And Venetus is there, and Sora's like, don't worry, I got this, and Aqua says, no, no, no. You've seen me be weak too many times. It's time to yeah. show you what I'm capable yeah. of. And, and she immediately gets bodied by Vanitas. Yeah. And, and I hate it. And Aqua already defeated Vanitas multiple times. Like four times in the last game. And, like, they try to say that, like, she's weak because she's been in the world of darkness for so long. No, shut yeah, up. No, you F that. Just written it so sh- that. That should have been, like, Vanitas being the normal cocky bastard that he is. And then she just beats the shit out of him and he has to, like, run away. Yeah, like, Aqua, like... Aqua should be the strongest Keyblade wielder among them. She's been just grinding on mobs for ten years. Yeah, like, yeah, she's just been surviving in the dark all her own for ten years. She should be able to whip their asses. Yeah. Like, that should have been the moment where it's clear that Aqua is the most powerful person on the team, and instead she gets beaten down for no good reason. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's almost like Kingdom Hearts is very bad to its female characters. Yeah. Speaking of Kyrie, <sighs> Kyrie does fucking <sighs> nothing. They finally, at the end of Dream Drop Distance, were like, you know what? It's time. Kyrie, we're pulling you off the bench. Yeah. And to I go sit on this other bench. And I was initially <laughs> mad because, like, it, you don't actually see the, uh, the scene where Kyrie is brought in to get a Keyblade unless you get the secret ending. Right. So I thought they had ended yet another game where they don't bother they where they don't bring Kyrie in and I was really mad and I posted about it and then someone said, Hey, you should watch the secret ending. I'm like, Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Which on one hand, yeah, it sucks that it's relegated to that. On the other hand, I feel like when something is in the secret ending of a Kingdom Hearts, that's putting a lot of like emphasis on it. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Kingdom Hearts one ends with Roxas, and Kingdom Hearts two is all about Roxas. Yeah, like, like that to me seems like a statement of intent that hey, Kyrie's gonna be a big deal in Kingdom Hearts three, and then it's just not true. Yeah, and I and that's what I pulled from it. I'm like, oh gosh, there maybe we'll actually get a playable Kyrie, like if they're putting her in the secret ending. Yeah, uh, and then no, like we don't even really get a Kyrie that even fights mm-hmm. in a cutscene. I, I think she is fighting for a little bit in the labyrinth and then gets kidnapped. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like she's, she's fighting a little bit in the labyrinth. Uh, then I think maybe when they're getting surrounded by Heartless, I don't think she even kills one or two of them. 
I think no, she may I mean, kill most a of few. them don't because they're all just kind of like back to back guarding. Yeah. But yeah. No. Still. Yeah, and then um, and then she gets yeah. murdered by Xehanort for the explicit purpose of making Sora mad. He literally says, "You require motivation," yeah. Yeah. and then murders Kyrie. Xehanort explicitly admits to fridging her. I can't believe this fucking game, man. Oh. <laughs> uh. So. Yeah, I, I think it's really sloppy and unfocused for the whole game, where it keeps putting forward these ideas like, hey, maybe this, maybe this, but no. Yeah. The, and then the, eventually just says, you know what, let's do the big fight that we've been teasing for two games now. Yeah, I know it's kind of heresy, but they should have just removed basically all of the Disney worlds if they weren't going to do anything with them. Here's the thing, they can't. Yeah. That's like, like Disney owns Kingdom Hearts. Like, that's what Kingdom Hearts exists. Kingdom Hearts exists to market Disney movies to our RPG fans. Yeah. I agree with you that they should have done that, but that can't happen. Like, people are speculating that, oh, the secret ending is implying that the next Kingdom Hearts is going to be all Square games. I'm really pet- skeptical of that. Yeah. I wish it would be, uh, though. <laughs> I wish it would be, too. I think that would be way better for the story, because then they can... Pl- the characters are theirs, and they can do what they want with them. Yeah, but they'd I have a lot... Don't yeah, Nomura would have a lot more freedom to just, like, do whatever. Yeah. Um... But, like, so you get that Labyrinth fight where it's just every big fight that's been, like, set up for 15 years. And they're all really good, right? They're these really good emotional moments where, oh, Shion's back and everyone's crying. Or the the Heartless Stand rips its, you know, muzzle off and it's been Terra all along. Hell yes, that yeah. rules. You know, they, they make Luxord kind of an emotionally... Like resonant character yeah. for half, and a he second. gives you a MacGuffin that will presumably be important later. He's setting Sora up for Chain of Memories too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, like, what's weird about those is that they should be emotional. But I had a hard time getting emotional about some of them just because they happens in such quick succession, back to right. back, that it felt like, oh crap, we're running out of like budget. Yep. We need to put all these things that we're that this game is supposed to be doing for the story into this right. one space. We got to get it out of the way. Yeah, those moments landed for me, but they're only good on their own. Again, they're not paying off a story. Like those should have been sprinkled throughout the entire game. Yeah. And it should have like instead of this big final fight, it yeah. should have been oh geez, we defeated Marluxia but I think that means Xehanort has another part of the Keyblade now. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, hey, real quick. Can I ask a question? Sure. Why don't they just call it the Kyblade? I don't know. <laughs> that would make it so much easier. It sure would. <laughs> like, I'm guessing, do they do they say, like, Keyblade in Japanese for, like, the normal, like, the normal Keyblades? Or, they, or do they say the Japanese I'd, translation? I'm pretty sure they say Keyblade. Okay, that's really dumb. But... I'm pretty sure it's just katakana. That's so it's keyblade, a keyblade. Right. Or, so they yeah. should just call the the X blade the Kai blade to because there's even a point where Xehanort says like some people have called it the Kai blade, but it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like just call it the Kai blade then, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, it's according to again the the Kingdom Hearts wiki, uh, the Japanese. Translation of Keyblade is a, just a transliteration. It's Katakana Keyblade. Okay. Yeah, that's just the, you could pronounce it a different way. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, you could. 
<laughs> oh, man, you know, speak. I just did a Xehanort impression. They got Rucker Howard for Xehanort in this game, and man, he's bad at it. Yeah. Like, he's... listen, I get it. Leonard Nimoy is like a singular talent. No one's going to be as good as him. But surely you could have got someone who was close enough. You could have tried. Rutger, come on, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I mean, shit, if they had just hired, like, uh, uh, Wheels from Got It Memorized yeah. to do Xehanort voice, I would have taken that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like... <laughs> Get me in there. I can do an okay Xehanort. You just gotta gargle your words. That's all. Yeah. The key. I'm Xehanort. I'm gonna nort you. Thir- Thirteen darknesses. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get more rasp in yeah, there. Yeah, I can't do it. You gotta, like, be a dog. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, like... Can we talk about the combat system real quick? Yeah, sure. There's, I I for I like the form changes. I like that having different keyblades matters for more than just like stats and like a passive. Yeah. Um, I like the how they do the team attacks now, where it doesn't. It's just a thing you can do. It doesn't like you don't have to sacrifice your MP bar for it. Right. Uh, I like you know the sort of like. What they did, they transferred over the 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 Faraza Farages and whatever from yeah. point two. I wish that instead of doing the attractions, that they just straight up brought reaction commands back. Yeah, um, I I didn't like reaction commands would have been better, but uh, I don't know. I I didn't feel too strongly one way yeah. or the other because that's the one thing I missed because like. Th- uh, the boss battles just felt like you hit them a bunch until they die. Whereas, like, in Kingdom Hearts 2, sure, it was that, but you had the c- reaction commands to sort of change things up a bit. Like, yeah, yeah. You didn't have any of that in Kingdom Hearts 3. And, like, considering how dynamic everything else was about that combat system, it would have been really cool if they. Because, like, the, action, the attractions are neat the first time, and then it's just yeah. like, here it is again, I guess. <laughs> They needed, like, three more of those, at least. Yeah. Um, I would have vastly preferred reaction commands. Especially just because, like, especially when you start fighting nobodies again in that game. Yeah. Because I'm like, where's where's the thing where I can do where I can snipe back at the nobody snipers? Or, like, do the, or do, like, the samurai duel? Or, like, sort of do the thing where I, like, dodge around the sort of like uh the small nobodies and especially when fighting the nobodies like where i could do all these cool things fighting against them the elimination of those commands just make them feel so much less interesting than they were in cage two yeah i agree it's uh like i i think the combat is pretty serviceable here like i i wasn't as in love with twos as you were so I get what you're saying that it's kind of even a step down from that, but in both cases, I just kind of felt like, eh, it's fine. I do like that they brought back flow motion, though. Yeah, I so I like they brought back flow motion, and this is not really a criticism, but here's the thing: in Dream Drop, you can break Dream Drop distance with flow motion. Oh, horrendously so, yes. (laughs) And they got way better about not letting you do that. Yeah, you can no longer jump infinitely. (laughs) 
They should do that. They shouldn't let you break the... They should try to stop you from breaking the game. I get it. Yeah. But also, it's way less fun when you can't break the game. Yeah, when, when I when I tried to do the flow motion jump and I was like, what, you mean I can't jump into the stratosphere anymore constantly? Right. I was like, what yeah. is this bullshit? <laughs> flow motion, not fly? flow uh, motion, not good anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only it's only really good instead of game breakingly good. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so uh, for the most part, I do like Kingdom Hearts 3's combat system, and it's really fun and dynamic, but yeah, I just... Attractions suck. Bring back reaction commands. I just think it would have been a lot better if you had a lot of commands that you could sort into, like, a deck. <laughs> oh, you mean like a... You, you mean like an action library? Yeah, like an action library. <laughs> Unironically, I think... Aqua shouldn't have been able to transform Castle Oblivion from the outside. You should have had to go in and just for fun do like <laughs> one fairly easy boss fight with you have, you have to do a card battle. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that would have been fun. If they that's that's something they probably would have done if they hadn't like spent 13 years doing fuck knows what. Well, they they got hung up with thirteen verses, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, if the game had a normal production cycle, I can see Nomura doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, so uh, they get through the labyrinth. They have all these fights that are, you know, like like we said, I think they're pretty poignant moments. But they needed to have better build up to them. I weirdly like the Ansem and Zemnis deaths, where Ansem Secret of Darkness is just like, you know, I've been fighting you little shits for like 15 years now, and I, I do still hate you, but also I do kind of feel like your dad, and I hope you do well and succeed in life. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, we, we talked earlier about like Zemnis being like, oh, oh, dang, that's what feeling is like. That's right. Oh no, I'm sad. Oh no. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. And then young Xehanort just like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go, I'm going back in time and I'm still gonna live for like 150 years. Eat shit, Sora. Yeah, fuck all of you. <laughs> None of this matters to me because I know, look at the dumb old man. I know I get to live a long life. Yeah. Uh, I get to become Leonard Nimoy. Screw you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm going to become Rucker Hauer eventually, and that's a bummer. But yeah, you know what? I'm going to focus on the Nimoy years. Yeah. That's where I get... That, that's where I... The Nimoy years are when I get to split a boy into two boys. <laughs> uh, uh, just looks over at Ventus. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Be seeing you. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I have to say, like, when the gang finally gets together, there is that hilarious scene... Where Jiminy Cricket's like, I know there's a lot to get through. I did make a Wikipedia for everybody. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of good bit where, like, Axel is and, like, oh, geez, I've totally lost the plot of this dang game. Yeah, where Axel just straight up breaks the fourth wall multiple times and also How goes... How is anybody supposed to get this memorized? Yeah, yeah, and also, like, a sequence where, like, other organization members say to Axel, like, you were supposed to, like be a throwaway dude you should have died a while ago and like yeah i'm too popular (laughs) 
right, yeah. And he goes, nobody axes Axel. <laughs> That's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Axel gets some good lines. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, then we have the weird-ass time shenanigans that happen that we already discussed with everybody dying. Like, right, yeah. But then they come back. Donald Duck casts Zeta Flare on Xemnas. It's so good. Oh, no, you t- cast it on uh, Terranort. Oh, right, you cast it on Terranort. Yeah, because then when they come back, the Lingering Will fights Terranort, and it rules. Yeah, yeah. Which, okay, did you did you find the thing that explained why Lingering Will happens? Uh, you mean happens in Kingdom Hearts 3? Yeah. No. So apparently, in the final world, when you're in that, like, area where all, like, the stars are, and you can talk to them when they're dead people... You know what I mean? Yeah, so I I, I I talked to... I know I talked to all of them because I got the one where you talk to the mystery one. Right. But I think which... I just missed the implications that that has for Lingering Will. Oh, see, so one of those I think is supposed to be Subject X, who, like, we, we weren't... Yeah. You think it's Skull, yeah, I think, I it's think Ava, whichever one yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's Skull. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm open to either. Like, when I was seeing it, I just saw... You know, the four union leaders show up at the end except for Ava. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, like could, de- her, it could but... definitely be Ava because the voice is clearly female. Right. Um, it, it, it could go either way. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure. Because um, we don't hear Skull talk, but we do hear Ava talk. And I don't think the voice we hear true. is the same as Ava's voice. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I guess there's another one of those you can talk to that is Terra. And you like make an agreement with him that he'll come back as the lingering will. I, I missed this scene completely. Yeah. I, I thought I talked to every one of those, but either I missed it or I just didn't sort of clock what it was about. Right. And that's why when like time resets, yeah, the, the armor shows up and fights Terranort. Okay. It's a cool scene. I, yeah. I also do like the final world with like the sort of bizarre, like geometric, planes where you can shift gravity and you've got a like hundreds yeah. of Sora clones just doing things. Yeah, I like, like it's a really like, cool Sora visual. To, yeah, and like the way Sora has to put himself back together, it's like almost meta's kind of the wrong word, but kind of not where it's like the pieces of him are all his different animations for his character model. Yeah, like the the parts of Sora are sort of like scattered into like these little bits of him that are constantly repeating, like, a shard of his existence. Right. Um, it is It is really cool, even though if it's it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then they get to the end. And Kyrie technically kills... does something. <laughs> Kyrie technically does something. Then Xehanort murders her because Sora requires motivation. Yeah, even though he totally has motivation already. Like, Well, okay, so what I'll say, I, I hate that they do that. He doesn't have motivation because, at this point, Xehanort is the last guy. There's no incentive to fight him because fighting him will make the Keyblade and summon Kingdom Hearts. So Sora does require motivation. It just sucks that that's how that takes shape. Yeah. So they fight, and that makes the keyblade appear and he summons kingdom hearts and it's like oh no xehanort's gonna ruin the whole world but then they remember that xehanort's done a bunch of time traveling and i guess that means his body is a time portal which sure why not and they can suck him into his own past to stop him from entering kingdom hearts is that what happens yeah don't uh 
Because I think th- what they do is they use the because po- he uses the power of waking on Kingdom Hearts itself, doesn't he? he? In does? order to okay, get to I... the Ed Scala world, I'm sure. Because like he points his Keyblade up at Kingdom Hearts. Because there's a thing where like Xehanort's body, like one of those like dream spiky link spheres, comes out of Xehanort's chest, and they like go into that. Oh wait, I yeah, I, th- I think I'm thinking of something different. You're right. Yeah, I think they do that um, at the end once the battle's over. Right, because yeah, everyone like hangs back to like hold Kingdom Hearts back or whatever. While Sora goes into Xehanort's past to fight him, and there's like thirteen Xehanorts because why not? Yeah, he, you like, basically use the power 13. of waking on Xehanort to unlock his heart. Right, and then, and then go they into fight him. in in his heart. But Kingdom Hearts is also here. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and they like and like you fight him in like weird goat form. Where he, yeah, where he's, he's like, like flipping the world Inception style. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's like his Keyblade armor. The, the, the like goat form. That thing. would make sense. Yeah, and then like he takes out the the Kai blade, and I like this fight because he's like summoning portals everywhere that are keyhole shaped to like attack you from behind and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. The only problem with it is it is definitely a fight where there's a lot of just like I'm in a combo now. I guess I'll wait until it's done. Yeah. <laughs> They have a lot of those in this series, and they're bad. Yeah. Um, so you beat him, and I like this bit because it is finally like, okay, no frills, no bullshit. Here's Xehanort's fascist ideology. Yeah. <laughs> because he says, you don't understand. I need to remake the world and get rid of all the darkness in it and, like, like cleanse the world and make it so only the good people are left. And I get to decide who the good people are. Yeah, and, and which runs counter to, like, what we've already learned from Riku is that you don't need to cleanse the darkness. Like, exactly, you can yeah, yeah, yeah. coexist with it just as long as you know how to, like, channel the darkness in a positive way. Right. And, like, Sora just is like, that's not for you to decide. And Xehanort says, well, who does get to decide? And, like, he doesn't get, nobody does, buddy. That's the point. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then everybody shows up. And Ericus suddenly guess... appears, who was hiding in Terra's heart the whole time. Right. And Ericus is just like, hey, buddy, you're, like, already dead. You need to just chill. Let's let's go to heaven together. Yeah. He's like, oh, dang it, fine. Dang it, fine, I guess. <laughs> I've seen people mad that it ends with him, like, ascending to heaven on a beam of light when he's, like, history's greatest monster. But, like... He died. He got killed. Yeah. I don't know. Like, his life ended. So, I mean... Like, yeah. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I what, what, what... Do you want hell to exist in Kingdom Hearts? I mean... That's... Ha- I mean, technically, yeah, I say, Hades actually. does. I, which... Oh, we can't even get to that. Yeah. Why is Auron in the Hercules hell? I don't know. I mean, a, a better question is, like, do you want a realm like do you want a a death realm to exist in kingdom hearts that is literally just for punishing people for all eternity because like that doesn't seem like a kingdom hearts thing to do right yeah well you brought up lore reasons a few times and like their complaint is that xehanort doesn't stand trial for his crimes and they're like that's just that's not the game you're playing yeah no no he fought and he died and he gets he gets reverted to, like, the last moment that he was an innocent person when he dies. Yeah, like, his his punishment is he no longer gets to be in the world. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and like, for, so, and yeah, honestly, and, for Xehanort, who, whose primary motivation, at least initially, was to do what he did, was to travel through the worlds, is probably the uh, is already like the the best punishment you could give him. Is like, yeah, you don't get to do that anymore. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You just have to play chess with this cheating asshole for the rest of eternity. Exactly. Yeah. This <laughs> is a little cheating piece of shit. <laughs> that is one thing I don't. So they've got the running chess metaphor thing, which is already lazy. Yeah. Chess metaphors. Yeah. But they have this moment, like when everyone gets killed, where it flashes back to that game, and Xehanort has won the chess game, but Ericus is just like ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, and he summons new chess pieces. He's like, ah, light's got surprises. And at this point, it would be appropriate for him to say a line that both applies to the chess game, but also has a double meaning that applies to the conflict that's happening, right? Yeah, you'd think. That's that's what would happen dramatically. But what he says is, sometimes light comes from the past. And that doesn't mean anything in either context. Yeah, like, it, like it's... It, 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 it directly refers to, like, the, the Keyblade wielders from the mobile game coming in, but it doesn't have, like... A thematic meaning. It's just a description of the plot. Yeah, like all, all it's all, it, it's it's less meant to tie into the events that occurred in Kingdom Hearts three, and more meant to tease the uh, not the secret ending, but the ending of Kingdom Hearts three, where Lushu brings back uh, the yeah un- original union leaders minus Ava. Like the if you're gonna do this like frame narrative. That moment should be where Ericus says the one-sentence summary of the theme of the game. Yeah. And instead he just says nonsense. Yeah, instead he just teases whatever the next one is going to be, which we already, we're already getting that, guys. Right. Ugh. But yeah, so everyone... Day is saved, but Kyrie's still dead, so Sora's going to use the power of Awakening... And everyone's like, dude, no, you can't keep doing that. You don't have magic resurrection powers. That's not going to go good. He's like, shut up. Everything has gone wrong because you keep people keep telling me that I can't do shit. Leave me alone. I'm going to go save Kyrie. But this time they're correct. <laughs> Pro- maybe. They're, they're correct that there's consequences for him. Yeah. But his point is that doesn't matter. Yeah. He has the power to help somebody and he's going to. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, like, there's this uh, actually kind of, like, neat epilogue scene where we see all the gang hanging out in casual clothes on a beach together. Everybody's having a yeah. good time. Uh, and then they all, like, look over, and Kyrie's there with uh, Sora finally sharing a Palpu fruit. And then Sora yeah. just friggin' Avengers disintegrates. <laughs> he gets snapped by Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then, do we want to do the epilogue or the secret ending first? Uh, let's do the epilogue first. Okay, so it's back in the Keyblade graveyard. Where this... this Yeah. So throughout the whole game, Maleficent and Pete have done fucking nothing. Looking, just... No. Looking for the black box and just not finding it. They they find a box in Hercules' world, and the joke is that it's Pandora's box, and they don't care about it. And that's a funny joke. But then... Nothing else. Yeah. There's also a funny bit in, like, the Pirates world where... They think uh, it's, like, Davy Jones. thinks he's found the box. Yeah. It's like, wow, how can Davy Jones walk, like, still be alive when he's removed his heart? Why isn't he a nobody? And they get the box and look at it, and it's literally a heart, and they're like, oh, this is stupid. Never mind. That's a good joke, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Maleficent and Pete are in the graveyard spying on 
uh, Zigbar because during the final fight, every time someone dies, there's a big pillar of darkness that shoots into the sky. And Zigbar very pointedly does not get one of those. Yeah, he just and like you do not see his body. Yeah, he Zigbar literally just like falls off the side of a cliff. Right, he's like about to fall over, and then he teleports up to the top of a cliff and falls off of it out of sight. Yeah, like it's very obvious he doesn't actually die, but everyone in this game is dumb, and like that's not me criticizing the writing. Everybody in this game is dumb. That's that's in character. Yeah. Uh, and then four of the five union leaders show up, the original ones, everybody other than Ava, and they're like, Well, Lushu, is that you? And he's like, Yeah, as if they call me Zigbar now. And they ask him what the hell's going on, and he doesn't explain. Yeah, but like, it's, it's clear that he's trying to bring the Master of Masters back. Yeah. Uh, I think that come. I think that's said in one of the secret reports. Like, oh, I've completed my role, and he can finally return. Yeah, um, I think it's actually the the last one, the thirteenth uh, one. Right. So, so then the secret ending. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sora, I love this. To have who seemed to have uh, been erased from existence because he used the power of awakening too much, wakes up in the middle of the street in Tokyo. Yeah. In Shibuya. And at first, it looks like it is the honest-to-God real world. But there's two weird things. The billboards all have the same text of the world that never was, the kind of, like, nonsense text. Yeah. And... The billboard on the 109 building says 104, which is what it says in The World Ends With You. Well, here's the thing, is that that's where Riku is. I think that's where Sora is, because Riku... Uh, now i got to watch it. Because <laughs> here's the thing, because people have a theory that Riku was sent to the um, world's with, World Ends With You world, and Sora was sent to the Verum Rex world. Oh, see, I thought it was the reverse of that, that Sora oh, was in... Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering it. I'm watching it again here. Yeah. Because, like, there's a different in... There's a slightly different, like, color grading that they do for each yeah. one. Yeah. Because um, Sora gets <laughs> warmer colors and Riku gets cooler colors. Right. Just seeing Sora next to, like, a real car... <laughs> It's so I mean, upsetting. I, I had the same sort of, like, gut reaction to the Pirates of the Caribbean world, where he looks, yeah. like, almost like a real boy. Yeah. And also, I also had that reaction. And also, Go like, ahead. Goofy and Donald have realistic textures, which is very strange. Yeah. I also had that reaction in the Monsters, Inc. world when they throw the bad monster into, uh, like, a door, and you can just hear, like, some people in Florida talking about him. Sora is inches away from America for yeah. a few seconds. Also, yeah, Sora is in the World Ends With You world. Okay. a shot of like, him looking up at the 104 building. Okay, so that must mean that Riku is in Verum Rex. Also, yeah. they just straight up have... Okay, one of the billboards is just a Sony PlayStation billboard. <laughs> I am... I swear to God. I was looking through this and like... Or, okay... Yeah, there there is a billboard in 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 Sora's section where he looks across and like so you got the Sony blue at the top and then the sort of video portion has the X square triangle and circle buttons exactly how they appear in like Sony promotional <laughs> material. 
It's the so play, good. The PlayStation exists in this world. Oh my god. That's probably what Verum Rex is on. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's on like a fake console in the Toy Story world, but yeah. Okay, yeah, be, you're right. He, he does stare at the 104 building. Yeah. So now my pitch, because like, again, a lot of the billboards have that kind of nonsense script yeah. that's in the world that never was. Here's my pitch, though. What if that's just like normal writing, either Japanese or English, and Sora just can't read, so that's how it's rendered? Yeah, what if he is illiterate? Because <laughs> would it surprise you? No. I think he's read a letter at some point. Yeah, wait, he did read the, he read the letter from the king. Yeah, you're right. We don't watch him read it, do we? Maybe he gave it to Riku to read to him. No, I I think Riku does give him the letter. I don't think Riku. I don't think Riku reads it for him. Because I'm also seeing like it zooms into that electronic billboard and then it cuts to Riku. So yeah, they're in different worlds. Yeah, yeah. Riku is in the Verum Rex world, and then Sora is in the Shibuya world, which also just the PlayStation exists. Yeah. <laughs> So my what I want to see at this point, because you know they 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 said they're doing DLC for this game. Even if they didn't, it'll be a while before we get another Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But what if at E3, you know, the Square always says they're kind of like half-assed presentations that aren't very good. Yeah. What if they just show the trailer for Virum Rex from this game, but it's actually a trailer for Virum Rex? That would be amazing. It's like, <laughs> fuck you. I made Versus Thirteen. It's Virum Rex now. And yeah. also, it's a Kingdom Hearts game. God, and then, like, the last shot of it is uh, a hooded figure who I think they've said is the Master of Masters. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be. Uh, standing on a skyscraper, looking up at Earth's moon. Yeah. <laughs> and just making a heart shape with his hands to make it look like Kingdom yeah. Hearts. I, I, love that the, I love that the implication here is that... The Master of Masters is going to turn our moon into Kingdom Hearts. Is the Master of Masters just Nomura? Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, my actual Maybe prediction... Maybe he's gacked. <laughs> my actual prediction is going to be that uh, they open that box and the Master of Masters is inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where he disappeared to all these years. Yeah, it's it's like his body or something. I yeah. I don't know why that would be something that was necessary to hide though. Uh, because you, like time paradoxes or something. Maybe. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's a it's a funny theory. I'm just trying to figure out why that would be the case. Like sort of working backward. Well, because it's it's a primer box, and the moment you open it is the moment he returns, and Lucio needs to wait until the right time to open it. Oh, so you're saying him opening the box is what leads to the Master of Masters being in the quote-unquote real world. No, I, I'm saying, like, they're in the Keyblade graveyard, uh, Lucio opens the box, and, like, curled up in the fetal position, like, the Master of Masters, like, gets up and stands up. Yeah, and then that leads into what we see in the secret ending. That's why he's there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he's like, oh, good, you're all here, let's go. I got a, I got something to show y'all. So, th then the question would be, like, when did he get in there? <laughs> right, time travel, who knows, <laughs> you know? 
But also, like, why did he get in there? Like, why did he... Because, like, we're still dealing with linear time at this point. Like, yeah, why... Yeah, I don't know. Why, <laughs> why did he not just travel directly from where he... We saw last saw him in back cover? Well, because time travel into the future is impossible, according to Kingdom Hearts. So in order to, like, live long enough to see... Right, he had to just, like, freeze himself... But then, why is Lushu there? That it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. None of that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about the next Kingdom Hearts thing. That I do. extremely am. I'm glad, and I'm, and I'm glad that you're excited, honestly. I'm glad that <laughs> yeah. I can share this with you now. Yeah, yeah. Is I've I've been a stubborn baby. I was always gonna like Kingdom Hearts if I just pushed through the rough start. Of course you would, because Kingdom Hearts is Homestuck before Homestuck was Homestuck. You're not totally wrong. <laughs> it is. It is a thing that starts out simple and clean, and right. gets wildly out of control as it goes on. Yeah. <laughs> and also, three fifty eight over two is high bent. Yeah, no shit, you're right. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, um, in Dream Drop, uh, what's his name? Joshua even says to Sora, like, see you in Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they knew about this in Dream Drop. Well, because Joshua is literally a god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an angel. So he, so he already knew everything that would happen, so he knew that the secret ending would occur. Shit. One of the wildest bits in Dream Drop Distance <laughs> that they never go back to is that he explains that the Shibuya that, like, Neku and them are from got destroyed, and so he has dreamed up... He's imagined Traverse Town to keep their, like, hearts safe. Yeah. So, of course, he knows... So He says, like... Like, Sora wants to know why he knows his name. And he goes, well, of course I know your name. I dreamed you up. And then they just move on. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Never gets touched on. I know. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't want to think about the implications of that. Yeah, me neither. Also, I hate Joshua, and I hope we get to beat him up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because, like, Joshua is not a good person in Tui. No, he's a little shit, but and he, I really... But in, I love... but in Dream Drop Distance, he's portrayed as, like, pretty okay. Sure. I Man, I also played Twewi for the first time as part of playing all the Kingdom Hearts games. Which, now with this ending, I'm glad I did. Yeah. But, man, I really like that story up until the ending. Yeah. That ending sucks. I, I need to go back and play it again. Because, like, it, I haven't played it since it came out. Yeah. I think we finally did it. I think we talked about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. For slightly over, over four, four hours. hours, we did it. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. I did <sighs> not think it would go this long. We did have, like, ten so, games so to get through. I think what I really want to know is, like, what is your overall takeaway from Kingdom Hearts? Like, what is your ultimate feeling on it and sort of, like, the themes it tries to go for? I think the basic themes of Kingdom Hearts are about adolescence, growing up, uh, figuring out what their adult identities are going to be, kind of dealing with the different sides of themselves and like putting together a coherent sense of self as you get older and uh, how that happens in the context of 
a like a world that's already here and that there are very bad people in and like you need to make sure that you are growing into a person that makes a positive impact in the world because there's a lot of people that are going to try to uh manipulate you into making the world a worse place yeah i i think that's a pretty good reading of it and i also think that like another core theme is that like you can find people anywhere like yeah yeah like you there is more like there are more people are more valid than you know what your initial conception of what a person is would imply right the the moment you think you understand the world completely is the moment you have decided to become wrong because you will never fully understand and you need to always be open to learning new things yeah um which like for all of like the weird and sometimes problematic things kingdom hearts does like i'm glad that it exists because it is so unrelentingly positive yeah and hopeful about humanity it is it's an extremely humanist game uh i think that's true, in yeah. the original conception of what humanism is in that like right we as human beings can achieve perfect selves if we just keep trying and keep learning yeah i, I would also mean that like i don't think it thinks that we can achieve perfect selves i think it thinks we can achieve better selves yeah yeah I, i'd say that like it not necessarily that we can achieve it but that like it is a perfection is a goal worth striving for. Yeah, 100%. And I think something I've been thinking about is, like, the villains in these games are kind of all, um... Like, you could almost read this series, if you were trying to be uncharitable towards it, as, like, anti-intellectual. Because all the villains are, like, academics and teachers and people that... You know, like, Xehanort is a scholar. Uh, Ansem is a uh, scientist. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea is not that, you know, pursuing knowledge is bad. I think where the, like, m the tragic flaw of those characters is they lost the intellectual curiosity that pushed them towards that in the first place because they think they learned everything there is to learn and therefore have the right to make decisions on behalf of other people. Yeah, and I think also part of that is that, like, these villains also just lose sight of the people that their the numbers represent like the yeah. science that they have figured out like they just see it as an equation that needs to be solved and right not as like people living in a world and so they right. by forgetting that they think they are going to what is the most rational solution when really what they're doing is hurting people for the sake of their own intellectual, like, curiosity. Right. And then kind of on the, the counterbalance of that, you have Sora, the world's biggest dumbass. Yeah. Who has nothing but, like, an earnest and unconditional love for, like, everybody and everything. Yeah. And that's... And despite the fact that Sora does not have the experience he needs does not have the, like, skills he needs, doesn't really even understand what's going on most of the time, that basic, uh, earnest love wins out over 
every plan, no matter how perfect it yeah, is. Yeah, his, his ability to connect with people and care about people, sometimes people he just barely even knows. Um, yeah. Because, like, he never met Aqua. But he is right. more dedicated to trying to save Aqua than even Mickey is. Uh, no, he met Aqua. Did Did he? Yeah, when he was a little kid, Aqua visited the Destiny Islands, and she was like, Oh, you two are adorable. Oh, right. You look like I, I guess and... technically, he doesn't yeah. remember her from then, though. Yeah, That sure. doesn't count. <laughs> sure. But yeah, like, he he's... Even people he basically doesn't know, he right. will be like, Shit, yeah, I'll save them. Which is, again, why I really wanted Kingdom Hearts 3 to be about him befriending young Xehanort, and like... Yeah. Like, it being about young Xehanort's salvation causing the destruction of old Xehanort. Yeah. That would have been a cool way to go. That would have been good. But yeah, I I really like this series. I, I really like what it tries to do, what it represents, and sort of like what its tone is, because there's... Like, like even if you take away how convoluted it is, like, it, it's still... It, it's a story that has a tone that's that's not like a whole lot of other games. Yeah. Well, it's weird because on its face, this series should be the most cynical thing ever, right? Yeah, it should like be a cheap cash in to make money off of IPs that people know. Yeah, and like in a to a certain extent, it is. But also, yeah, that, that's there. the 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 writing team behind it make it so much more than that. Right. Yeah, I, I love it. It's it's good. Uh, and it's been yeah. a part of my life for so friggin' long now. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, again, Kingdom Hearts 1 came out in... Oh, jeez. 2002. 2002, yeah. So I've I've been playing... It's been part of my life for 17 over half years. Yeah. Yeah, over half of my life. <laughs> oh, Lord. That fraction's only gonna get bigger the older you get. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Who boy. Unless they stop making them, which... That's the thing, like, part of me is... Part of me rolls my eyes at the fact that, like, this game spends so much time setting up the next game instead of resolving the story of this one. I think it's a little frustrating. But also, I love it. <laughs> but also, yeah, I want to see... The, like, the directions they're going are so crazy that I want to see them play yeah, out. Yeah, I want to I see more of it. Like, Kingdom Hearts is a franchise where... You know, yeah, keep make it, keep making these things until I die. Absolutely. Right. I, I'm yeah, down for like, it. Just keep revealing more and more layers of, like, puppet masters secretly guiding events. Yeah. Uh, I, th I, think we're, I think we're good here. I think we did it. <laughs> uh, oh, we, we have two questions, actually. I almost forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's hit those. So from... Uh, from at Avengifier, um, Mark Souls 4, uh, they say the Xehanort arc, um, is, okay, uh, sorry, they do give pronouns, he, him. So, uh, he says the Xehanort arc is over and there's a lot of speculation about what different approaches they might take in new KH games, like focusing on original or new world, original worlds or new characters. What new directions are you interested in seeing? Um, hmm. I think I already kind of answered this. I'd like to see more Final Fantasy stuff. Um, uh -huh. And I'd like to sort of see them explore some of, uh, like, the Disney Channel stuff, actually, instead of just the movies. Like, yeah. 
Disney Channel things. Like, again, I'd like to see a Goofy movie show up in in a Kingdom Hearts game. Like, let like make Goofy a canonical dad in Kingdom Hearts. That'd be so good. Like I said, I want the Goofy movie Kingdom Hearts. Where he's got to take Max on a on a road trip to go train under a keyblade master. Yeah, and also because television series would give you more, because television series are episodic be- to begin with. So like you can just right. just create a custom episode. Like you'd get have more freedom. Like put them in tailspin. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the joke everyone makes. Like to me, Kingdom Hearts two, when it did the Pirates World and the Tron World kind of kicked a door open because it was so cool that like oh we're not just doing you know the obvious choices we're gonna dig into disney's like array of stuff and do some unexpected things yeah and we talked about like tron is like the foundation for a really significant part of the lore of kingdom Hearts. yeah surprisingly (laughs) like that's where that's why like the mobile game is all about the datascape like that started with tron yeah (laughs) um so I would love to see them do more kind of like weird pulls and directions. Like we said before, I'm kind of at the point I'd be fine if they just ditch the Disney stuff altogether, but I, I that can't happen. Yeah. They won't let it happen. Yeah, which is which is why I'd um, like to see them transition over to like the television shows instead. Yeah, or you know, I mean do a Marvel world. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh give me I a lightsaber keyblade. <laughs> Here's the thing. I used to think I wanted that. <laughs> then I played Birth by Sleep, which has the exact same plot of Revenge of the Sith, and I realized they can't do that. It's too on the nose. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. It's Revenge of the Sith, but better. Yeah, yeah, Terra is just Anakin Skywalker. God, you're right. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think I, I... I've mentioned this before we started recording, I think, but I if I was making a Kingdom Hearts game... I know one of the worlds would be just straight up a goofy movie and the characters would be your main party would be Shion, Aqua as sort of the, the, the master sort of training Shion and Kyrie and then Kyrie's again, Kyrie's the third person and Namine is sort of like your, um, the person talking to you through codec or whatever, like Mm -hmm. giving you battle tips and things. And yeah. in the goof troop, in, in the goofy movie world, like the the band that's supposed to play eye for eye, like gets taken out by Heartless or something. You save them, but like they're yeah. they're like asleep and need to recover. And so right. the three of you just form a band. <laughs> now, can I punch up your idea a little bit? Okay. Instead of the three of you form a band, the three of you need to find a replacement band, and you get the Final Fantasy Ten Two party. Uh, are you know? Okay, you you appealed to my you pulled my strings in just the right way. That is a better idea. Yeah, I think the thing I came away really wanting because like you look at everyone is like back now, right? Yeah, no one's dead or in a coma or anything. Like Smash Ultimate, want... everyone is here. Right. I want Birth by Sleep, but instead of individual characters, it's parties. So it's like. Here's one track where you play as Sora, oh, Riku, So Kairi. Sonic Heroes, but good. <laughs> Sonic Heroes, but good, yeah. You play as Sora, Riku, Kairi for this. You play as Axel, Roxas, Shion for this one. You play as uh, the Birth by Sleep crew for this one. Maybe even a fourth one where you play as Mickey, Donald, Goofy, because I don't want to leave them out. Oh, that would be great, actually. Uh, 
And then Naminé is the one, like, coordinating everybody. Yeah, that would be... Man, that's a good idea. And, like, you pick which of the trio you play as. That, Again, Sonic Heroes, but good. Man, that's that's a that's a real good idea. Who <laughs> <laughs> boy. Oh. I've also been thinking about this a lot, because, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how much Kyrie gets just shit on in this series. You should have played as Kyrie in Kingdom Hearts 2. It should have been... Hey, I've been on this beach, and I've got this weird feeling that I used to have two more friends than I have. And then, like, she gets something that, like, lets her know, like, no, Sora's out there, and I need to go save him. And it's, you flip back and forth between playing as Roxas and, like, teasing out that mystery way longer. And playing as Kyrie, jumping from world to world, trying to find Sora. And then those plot lines converge when Sora finally wakes up. Oh, yeah, that would have been neat. Yeah. That would have been neat. Yeah. The the worlds that the worlds that could have been, the worlds that never were, (laughs) the worlds that never were. Uh, And then uh, we've got one from at Pidmon. um, That's I'm not sure how you pronounce the handle, uh, but Jasmine Marsh. Uh, So she asks, "What is your opinion on the metaphysics of oneself in the Kingdom Hearts universe? How many avenues of self have we seen, and how many result in self sacrifice arcs?" Does that stem from Sora's big moment in KH1, and does it cheapen it? Um, so I think there's three. So there's... Well, actually, right. I guess technically four. So there's your base form, just like normal right. you. Um, yeah. Then there's nobody. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's... You could technically have a Heartless, but we don't really see many of those. There's one guy who has a sentient Heartless in the whole series. Yeah, so, so it doesn't... It almost doesn't count. Um there's replica there's a replica version that can be made by like making a sort of clone mannequin to put a clone of you in uh and then there's um the data data so four versions five if you count heartless but i don't really do that because we've only seen one right uh so yeah i think it's just like hey it's almost like the complete you is a cake, right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's look at what what would this cake look like if we baked it without the eggs? What would it look like if we baked it without the sugar? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> made it's for like, some shitty cakes. <laughs> well, it made for some shitty cakes, but the idea is like, yeah. hey, like what what does this component of who you are do to contribute to the whole? Yeah. What do you look like without that component? Yeah. Kind of like come I, to a better understanding of how all those different pieces come together to make you yeah i th- i think i think they sort of drop the ball when it comes to the data version of that a little because they don't really because because they don't really differentiate the data version like they do for say a nobody because a data version is literally just like a copy of you but exists in data form it's just like a... well, okay let me go back to two hours ago when i was advocating for the best kingdom hearts game oh, God. and argue that what the data version is is it is other people's perception of you. Is it, though? <laughs> I don't know. I just said it because it sounded smart. <laughs> I, because I mean, like, I, I, I don't think there's... counter to what I was saying before. I, I don't think there's anything that happens there to support that, though. I don't think so either. Probably not. That would have been, that would be cool if that was the case, but I don't think it right. is. Because we actually do have that, and it's Shion, because Shion is yeah. Sora's conception of Kairi. Yeah. And they really don't play with that at all. Shion's just her own person. Yeah, no, they don't. 
Um, so, uh, how many of them have self-sacrifice arcs? Literally all of them. Yeah. I guess I would say Roxas doesn't because he has a murder arc. <laughs> Roxas does not voluntarily sacrifice himself. He gets murdered. Axel does, though. Uh, when does he sacrifice? Oh, for Sora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in right. Kingdom Hearts 2, like, where, where yeah, he yeah, intentionally, yeah. like, does a death blow move that, like, drains him of all right. his, uh, all his life energy. Yep. Yep, yep, so yep, all yep, of them yep. have self-sacrifice arcs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to const- you have to constantly be killing yourself to become a new person. God, uh, that's not no, nope, no, don't like that no, phrasing. Putting that in the trash. Uh, does that stem from Sora's big moment in Cage One, and does it cheapen it? Um, I don't think it cheapens it. Yeah, I think it definitely stems from it because that that is the moment that kickstarts a lot of these different selves to begin with. Um, right. I, I I think it's meant to be different perspectives on that moment. Like if it was yeah. just that same moment over and over again, I'd agree that it cheapens it. But it's right. All the all the sacrifices that we see are like are reflections of it like yeah in different settings so like how does right. it how does it look like in in this scenario yeah yeah can i just say too i love that moment in one like one doesn't have a lot of great stuff that's a great moment. it's really good where like he picks up the key and like donald and goofy realize he's about to like kill himself to save Kyrie. And he just looks at them and he gives them the big goofy fake smile that he gave them when he was like sad before they made him smile yeah. and then he stabs himself. It's so good. It's, it's very good. It's very, very good. Um, and then the scene like where Kyrie realizes what happened to him and then she yeah. saves him. Ah. That's that's all very good. Yeah. Alright. That is it for questions, and that's it for the podcast. <sighs> We're yeah. We did it. We did it. I I don't I don't even have the strength for an outro. <laughs> no, that was an entire evening of Kingdom Hearts talk. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Luke. I, should you break this into two parts when you release? Maybe. It? <laughs> yeah, because I don't think I yeah. can upload a file that big. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, the website will definitely yell at you if you oh, try. Yeah, it, it probably will. So I may have. To, I may be forced by technical constraints to just to cut this up um yeah so yeah thank you for joining me luke I, i'm glad that i yeah, got is... to talk about this with you and that you are this now a, lot of fun. a kingdom hearts fan i am damn it i've become that which i hate yeah and now you have to suffer alongside me as i wait for another kingdom hearts game you yeah. you can now know my pain i'm telling you they're just gonna announce a virum rex with no kingdom hearts branding <laughs> at all e3 2019 <laughs> call it it you know what i'd kind of be okay with that and the secret ending of that is Riku shows up. Jesus. All right. Good night, everybody.